Um, so this episode will air right before Valentine's Day. Do you yes. guys do anything special for for Valentine's? Is that a, a no? It's never nice. No, it's a great question. It's never been something that's been like a big thing for us. We always yeah. try and go out on a date or something. Um, yeah. I think it was a bigger deal for me when we were in college, just because like I'm a romantic kind of guy, and I was like, oh, it's Valentine's, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. But yeah. as we settle down, we're just like, okay, you know, we're actually. We have a babysitter next weekend. We're going to go out. Oh, we nice. haven't been on a date in a while. So it's, it, but I don't think that was like, oh, because it's Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah, it was just a normal yeah. weekend for, a, for yeah. a nice date. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, we've done some of this stuff where we've gone to a nice restaurant. They have the whole Valentine's Day price fix menu, but yeah, it's been a few years nice. since we've done that. Nice. How about you guys? Is that a big thing for you? Not really, only because our anniversary is February 2nd. Mm. Um, and so we usually, do something then and then we just you know it's like all right this is kind of both the anniversary and valentine's day but i guess if we if we do do anything uh, this is about the same time that the art house theater here in town shows the oscar nominated shorts so we always go see the documentary shorts around this time of year. Yeah, so I know I you guess guys are really into that. Yeah, well, they're fantastic. They if are. You, if you have a theater near you that shows the Oscar-nominated like shorts, the animated shorts, the feature shorts, like the fiction shorts, I, don't, I forget what they're called, and then the documentary shorts, you should definitely go um, yep. check them out. So. Oh, oh they, they, they always blow me away. Oh, um, I want to do it every year. I've only done it a few years, but every year I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the animated I went with. Maybe even... It might have been you guys. A few years ago, we went and saw the animated nominated shorts, and there were a few that were great. And then, and then, then, then there was one that was like twenty-five minutes long. I can't remember what like the the cutoff is, but most of them were like seven yeah. minutes, and yep. then one was like twenty-five minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Most I think technically to be a short, it has to be less than forty-five. I don't know. Cinema heads hit us up, but um, and the documentary shorts are always about that length. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and whenever you see them, you watch them all back to back in one sitting. So it takes it's about like a two and a half hour or two two hours and forty five minutes sort yeah. of thing. So that's we're we're doing that on Sunday. That's fun. And that's sort of our Valentine's. Cool. Yeah. Anything you're looking forward to? Have you like researched it all? Or do you like to go in there totally cold? Totally cold. That's fun. Totally cold. Yeah. I and it's always so interesting the 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 stories that are told and i always end up crying um, oh yeah always because they i mean being a documentary of course being like real life it's it always sort of hits you in a different way but sometimes they're really funny and lighthearted. sometimes they're about like the darkest shit you can imagine and so i i like being surprised yeah totally that's always fun like it, it i it's always fun going into something like that whether it's a concert or a movie being like, I have no preconceptions. Yeah. I've done no homework. I'm just going to yeah. just just let this hit me. Yep. And yep. those are always some of the most like satisfying experiences. Yeah. I always make it a point if I go to a concert for a band I really like, I make it a point to not have done any research on the opener. Yeah. If I haven't heard of the opener. Right. 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 You know, I, because some of my favorite bands now are bands that were the opener. Oh yeah. Of a previous concert, and mm-hmm. I was just like. What the fuck? Who are these people? Exactly. What they exist? Exactly. Like, and that just like blows my mind. And like that yep. feeling of like discovering something yeah. is so satisfying. It's so nice with no expectations, no like whatever. Um, I do that too with openers. Um, and then on the sort of flip side, I do like to look up the set list for the main show. Really? Yeah, I know Perry really does not like to know the set list, but I I like to know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like to know the set list. Yeah, um, but it's. I always struggle with bands. There are a few bands that I am, like, a gigantic fan of. There's mm-hmm. one band called Jukebox the Ghost. Um, 
and another one, Tokyo Police Club, where I like I literally know every single p- possible song, and they have like four okay. or five albums, and so they're never going to play everything. So there's right. always going to be a feeling of like, oh, they didn't play that one, or, or like, but yeah. it's a, but it's fun because you're like, I wonder what's going to be next. I can't wait. I can't wait to yeah. find out. What yeah. song is next? Perry and I like to try to bet on what we think the opening song is going to be mm-hmm. for a, a particular band. So we've seen Drake several times. I've talked about Drake <laughs> on this podcast before. I should just have a Drake podcast. You should. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there are like 50. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. You're you're correct about that. Um, and but yeah, so we always try to guess the opening number. And the same, I have a, a band that's like my. F- absolute favorite hands down called local natives oh yeah and yeah i'm upset i like know their albums through and through and i try to guess their opening number but i always know they always end on the same song which is like sort of a comforting piece yeah i feel like a lot of bands like that will have like the one song that's yeah. either from their first album that like everyone's known people who are big fans of them have right. known forever or it become like their big staple exactly um I always like though bands similar to local natives or jukebox that goes bands that have become popular but aren't you know big mainstream exactly. crossover or whatever. I like when their closer or, or encore songs aren't whatever song might be their big single right now. Yeah, I like yeah. that it's like no, this is a nod to our fans. Yeah, uh, we're gonna play yeah. this song from, from our first album, whatever mm-hmm. that everyone who's loved us forever loves. Yeah, not like our big song, which That's could be our big hit right, right now. now. Yeah. You might actually open with that big popular song to hook everybody. Yeah. But right. but then close with like a nod to the fans, exactly. which I always appreciate. That's exactly what Local Natives does. Love that. Love that about them. All right. <sighs> well, okay. Let's welcome back. Welcome back to the <laughs> Ethical Butcher. After two episodes of me like forgetting yes. to, to introduce us. Thank, well, it was our special episodes and it was yeah. our weird little different stuff. Thank you for fun. bearing with that. It was very fun. That was I liked doing that a lot. Especially oh. Polar. Polar. I'll never get over Polar. I mean, I've been meaning to rewatch it. Me too. I'm an evangelist. I've been telling everybody about it. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> like with like people who are like safe people who are like, okay, oh, yeah. are these people going to get it? Are they going to judge the me? Way, yeah. Like, are they going to appreciate it? Are they going to be like, are they going to watch it and be like, what the fuck what is, is wrong? wrong with you? <laughs> that was a terrible movie. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't told anyone about it. That's, that's my big mistake. Um, but it was fantastic. And we had a lot of fun recording, and we got some um, some fun emails about that, which we'll we touch did. on in, in just a moment. I just wanted to say that we bumped this recording back a week. Um, mo- full disclosure, because I was not feeling well. Um, additional full disclosure, <laughs> I have arthritis, and it's something that I deal with literally every day of my mm. life. Um, and if you have a chronic illness mm-hmm. out there, if you can relate to anyone who does, it absolutely saps yeah. every ounce of energy out of you possible. Um, and it just becomes a huge drain. And ironically, I still don't feel great oh. today. I'm like wearing a wrist brace and everything. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so it's it's just one of those things. So, and I couldn't, like the day we were supposed to record, I was going to leave work early because I was just not having a, not having a great day whatsoever. So um, I'd say thanks for... Thanks for bearing with us as we pushed our schedule back. Um, but um, I sort of don't feel too bad about oh, it no, because no. I was feeling terrible. Oh, no, it's no, no, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, people will deal with it. Like, yeah. I love our fans, and, you know, we got to do what we got to do. You yeah. know what you got to do. Well, everyone was so sweet. They were like, yeah, no, no, like, no worries. I was like, yeah, it's it's, it's a stupid podcast. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast, but it's but, but it's our hobby of ours. Just like we said in the yeah. very first trailer, it's not our yeah, job. We're doing exactly. this because it's fun, and we love Hannibal and yeah. all of that. No, what? 
I get. I don't understand the pain of, of arthritis, but I've had chronic migraines oh, ever yeah. since I was five years old. I have them multiple times a month, sometimes more, yep. and it's just a thing you gotta cope with. However, you gotta yeah, cope man. with it. It's you just gotta take rest when you can, and just try to prioritize as best you can. And yeah, it's uh, it's something else. So. I've been rewatching re- re- Big Mouth because they just dropped the Valentine's yeah, Day special, it last and week. I'm thinking of Devon who has arthritis. Like yes. I'm not an old man. I relate to Devon on a spiritual level because everyone like, and it's so. I think I've talked about this before, but in college we, I lived in a dorm that used to be a nursing home, and they converted oh it God, into yeah, a yeah. dorm room, and it was just the most like karmic, like cosmic karmic thing ever that I was like a twenty year old with arthritis living in a nursing home. Didn't yeah. there black? Wasn't there like black mold there recently? I saw yeah. an article that like students were hospitalized because of the horrible mold in the ventilation yeah. system in that building. Correct. Yeah, that that, that 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 did occur. Ugh. Um, okay, so so that's that. So okay, back to maybe the emails that we got. Yeah, yeah great. Um, fabulous email from Emma. Thank you so Always. much. Yes. Um, she is a fellow below deck head. Hell yeah, yo, <laughs> Captain Lee, like. Emma, you know that Captain Lee's better than... I love... I, Sandy? I'm blanking on her name. I like her, but Captain Lee is, like, my everything. He is just the shit. I've never heard of the show. Oh, you gotta get on board for, like, shitty D-list reality television, Melina. I think I accidentally left, like, Real Housewives on one day, and I was like, what? What is oh, this? Oh, there's some nonsense on Bravo. There's, like, yeah. some... There's a new one coming out that's, like... A Mexican royalty. It's like basically like super rich families in in Mexico City, wow. and it's like a reality show about like oh you know you know like super mega rich like family drama. It's like, it's like the Kardashians of Mexico, Mexico. City. It's unbelievable. Uh, they gotta fill content. They gotta create content. Just keep churning it, churning out right. Just just terrible content. Yeah, These terrible everyone people. wants to be an influencer, and they think well we'll, yeah. we'll have a show. I can. Promote my Instagram, yeah. you know, and then I can do my own lifestyle brand, all this bullshit. <laughs> uh, I am totally not tuned into that world, but now I feel like I feel compelled. Um, and watch what you watch. But yeah, Below Deck is great because it's not like annoying people. Like the people okay. who are your friends are the are the, the deckhands of the boat. So they're like, it's more uh-huh. real world-esque in that it's like young people who are on this ship who are doing their job are trying to... Right. It isn't okay. like annoying rich people being annoying. Okay. I don't so have I any can, patience for that. Yeah, yeah, right. That's I can't do that. Um, okay, so then maybe Below Deck is the, yeah. it's the right choice for me. It's a good, um, good first step in. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and we can... Uh, there's also an email from Anne... Um, right? Am I looking? Yes. Okay, great. Um, the Cookies Jackson? Yeah, no, that was um, Emma. That was Emma. I'm sorry. I get no, the names mixed up. Am like, hit us with one. It was, like, right after we dropped. Um, and yes. that is rad. I um, think it was Anne who said that um, Catherine Winnick, who played Vivian, hashtag yes. Vivian Love, our yeah. girl, um, is one of the main leads in the show Vikings, which is another yeah. show that Blythe and I really like. It's on History Channel. It's this, like, uh, fictional... It's one of those shows that's like, oh, Game of Thrones is big? Let's do something like that. It's, like, loosely based on history about this, like, Ragnar Lothbrok, this, like, mythical hero of the Viking, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she plays his wife, or I guess his first wife, Lagertha, this, like, super hot shield maiden who's, like, gorgeous and, like, fucking kicks ass. And I was, like, legitimately in love with her. So I'm like, (laughs) fuck yeah, she's Lagertha. That's why I was like, she looks kind of familiar. Because I was like, I recognize that face, but I couldn't place it. Because, like, I like Vikings, but not, like, a full Vikings head. 
but I've seen plenty of it. Again, not a show that I have seen or have any concept of. Solid. One of the really, like, bad guys from Hunger Games 2. You know, like, the the District 1 and 2 folks are like, we're, like, tough. Yeah. The big, tall, white guy is one of the main characters in that show also. So some crossover there. Nice. Wow, that is a a deep-cut crossover. I mean, mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, She also mentioned that, and this, this was another one of moments where I was like, oh, that's right, Blue... Um, actor Matt Lucas was in Bridesmaids. Yes. And in Doctor Who as well. I recognize him oh, from that as I well. He has some few parts in Doctor Who. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember him in Bridesmaids, but who was he in Bridesmaids? Was he with uh, Rebel Wilson? Was Rebel Wilson yeah. in Bridesmaids? Okay. Yeah. They were like brother and sister. Got it. Boyfriend or girlfriend? Something I forget like their that. relationship, but they lived together and Kristen Wiig was like rooming with them and they were like yes. a really weird couple. Remember? Yes. Um, he was like super passive aggressive about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and she was similarly sim- similarly disappointed that we didn't get full frontal, which yes. I just want to And I love how people again. were like taking like frame by frame of the bit of him <laughs> by the bed before he yes. threw the hatchet and they were like it was darkened. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love yeah, the I internet so was, much. That was uh Emma was talking about how um how seriously the fanables have taken making gifts of the sex scenes and all the nudity and everything there like that. was some insanity yeah um that's sexy yeah because like the part when he lifted his leg up on the table and he was oh. like getting better leverage iconic just like that yeah. was so fucking crazy iconic um and then yeah and then um i guess red dragon con was recently yes and so we saw a lot of y'all posting on twitter about that and that looked like a lot and, of fun. yeah it looked great um it looked really fun we're William and I are talking about next year, about what we should do, get part of that. I have to be honest, I've never been to any one of those kind of conventions. Yeah, I'm always like, it's not for lack of like not wanting to, just it's never been something that I've ended up ever doing. Sure. Um, But as we're really getting into this fan base and you guys are embracing us and we're embracing you, it's such an awesome fan fan base. Definitely something we're going to yeah. look into. And we talked, I think, a few weeks ago about how we never felt like we were part of, like, a big F fandom. Yeah. Like, we've been fans of various things. We've yes. never felt like a big enough, like, Game of Thrones fan to go to, like, those mm-hmm. cons or whatever. So, um, I mean, we are, I feel like we are steeped in it now, my friends. We're friend, getting in so. it. We're getting in it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I mean, I'm excited to dive in season two. I think season two is when shit gets really real. <sighs> I cannot wait. I can't. I. And this episode is odd. What? <laughs> I just. I know. No, I was just thinking about all the things that are going to happen in season there's two. There's so much, and then season three too. Like, there's so much shit that that's going to go down that I'm so excited yes. for. Yes. Um. Um. It's going to be bananas. And also remind me that someone mentioned, and I think you might have also mentioned this too, that we should do a live recording of me watching the finale. One hundred percent. Okay. Great. Yeah, either a live recording of you watching it, or like right after the fact, or yeah. or or Perry will have like a camera on you, and we'll put some audio of you like <laughs> yeah. whoa, like during it, some kind of way to get some live reaction shots. Yeah, yeah, okay, great, awesome. So before we dive in, I have to say one thing about Polar. Also, is um, I feel like we were not so much dragging, but a little bit dragging Vanessa Hudgens a little bit, and I didn't really know her for much of anything. I've heard her name, but I didn't know her for much of anything. And right after we watched Polar and did. Did that episode? I watched. You didn't watch it because you were watching the SAG Awards. Okay, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big award show. Head, I know you so. are, but there's like like the big four. I get, but like I I know with Golden Globes. 
Go Golden Globes too. Okay, so the big five I get, but like I've never known anybody who's like got a tune for the SAG Awards. And it was a mistake. Let me. But I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. That's fine. I want to get right It was a mistake <laughs> because the SAG Awards are so dull and they're so weird. Yeah, there's it's no weird. like there's no red carpet pre-show beforehand, and the SAG Awards can't decide if it's a funny show or if it's a serious show, right? If it's like the Golden Globes or it's the Oscars, so it's in this weird like middle space and it's very awkward. Anyway, I regret it. I should have watched um, Rent Live. It was... Okay. Cut to the chase. Rent Live was fine. I, mm. I love Rent. I know every word to it. So, of course, whenever they change some little tiny thing, I was like, why? Yeah. Um, but I will say, and someone posted this on Facebook that was like, really like, you're right. Um, you know, to think of the fact that they're playing this kind of stuff, multiple prolonged scenes of men and women making out with each other like all this like yeah. queer references all this stuff on like on network TV yeah. on, in prime time mm-hmm. is amazing and like that would never have happened 20 years ago and so yeah. like that's just just a great thing to begin with and it's, it was awesome and I want to the reason I'm bringing it up is that Vanessa Hudgens fucking crushed as Maureen she, she absolutely crushed it was kind of lulling there were some great performances and there were some like uh, performances and then she comes in and absolutely crushes. That nice. was a breath of fresh. Just was in it, was selling it, was totally committed as Maureen. She was yeah. great. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm into you, and but, I want to make sure I give her proper due for that. Good, good. <laughs> I'm, I, that, that makes me happy. Yeah, I know. We did sort of drag her and pull her, but um, she seems like genuinely pretty talented. And again, we said I think she did mm-hmm. the best she could with what she was she given could. in Polar. So I, I'm not knocking her. And so no. that's, I'm great that that was sort of reflected in, in Rent as well. Before we move on, I had one thought about Polar again. Sorry. I no, that's to, fine. No, I, I, to, I have another thing I want to say. Yeah, so go ahead. This is like, this, this is like the corrections and omissions part, like after the fact, <laughs> right? So I was re-listening to the episode, actually it was like two nights ago, and I was thinking, so you had that wonderful idea of when Mess goes and crucifies the like the big guy, yeah. that, that was a trap for him, he see, he could see like the guy's kids there, and yeah. that, that could like shake him, which was a great idea, because there was inconsistency. I also thought, for a plotting point, what would have been, what would have, I think made the movie work, would have been... If they had done the reveal that Vanessa Hudgens was the girl midway through, right? That's oh, your midpoint. Yeah. He meets her. He's kind of sweet and kind of awkward. And then immediately she tries to kill him and is like shook and can't do it. Mm. Then it's revealed that she's the girl. Uh-huh. That then bonds them closer. Then she gets kidnapped. Uh, now yeah, he has a reason to be like, go. fuck, no. Right, right. Hell no. I'm out of this game. You're kidnapping her. She's yep. like... You know, a chance for redemption, and right, they exactly. built this bond, and he's trying to, you know... That's a great idea. Renew for that. Uh, not renew. He's trying to um, atone for this, sure, and yeah. she's kind of not forgiving him, but giving him a chance, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then she gets kidnapped, yeah. and then I feel like that, like, makes his drive to, like, revenge and get her back even more even internalized. Yeah. That That is a really good point. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there were times where I was like... Why is he involving himself so much in yeah. this girl's life? Like, like, I'll why? trade. I'll trade me for the girl. He's sacrificing yourself. Right. Like, did he know? I, I know. Is it is it just because she's is seemingly innocent, and you're trying to like I don't know, but that yeah. would have really cemented like his drive to save her and and all of that. That's a good point. Now I'm thinking back to when she pulled the gun on him. Did did he know who she was, or did he not know who she was? No, he um, no. Because remember, whenever she's sitting there they're in the bedroom and she has a gun on him and she's like you didn't you never tried to figure out who I was or what I oh, looked okay, like or okay. you didn't even try to look and he was like I didn't want to bother you I didn't want to mess up your life oh, okay got it okay 
Because I was like, maybe he actually knows, but, but we as the audience don't know. And that's right. compelling him. But that's like, it's hard because as an audience member then, I'm like, I want to know why you're so invested in this person. Correct. And it would have been a cool thing to have that happen midway through. Yeah. And then that would have really driven his, like, trying to get her back. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think that he knew or cared to okay. know who she was. So... Um, Hmm. But yeah, great idea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we both should just rewrite this film. <laughs> I think we just already re- have. Recut it. Uh, amazing. What was your other polar thought you said you had? Oh, it wasn't about polar. It was about oh, rent so, life. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Even better about rent life. No, great. I was going to say the only clips I saw because I, you know, you heard the news the night before that the guy who played Roger Roger hurt himself, and so yes. it wasn't going to be completely live. They were going to cut in pre-recorded, blah blah yeah. blah. So the the parts that I did see. Um, were some of the scenes between Roger and Mimi, and mm-hmm. I couldn't stand the girl who played Mimi. No, I think she was one of the weaker links. Yeah. And actually, I love who played Angel. She's on RuPaul's Drag Race, Valentina. Yeah. Crushed it acting-wise, couldn't sing. And I've that, heard that's that too. A, it's tough, because there's some notes with Angel you got to fucking nail, mm-hmm. and she didn't have it. And, and she was amazing acting as Angel, yeah, but yeah. she didn't hit those notes, and it was rough. Oh. Uh, oh, another, sorry, another quick thing about these live performances and you were talking about how bold it was to do Rent and have yeah. all these like, um, you know, what would have been controversial sort of topics that maybe were a, a decade, two decades ago mm-hmm. on TV now. I feel like these live shows have gotten per- progressively more bold in that regard. So oh, yeah. You know, there was like Sound The Sound of, of music, music, which like granted Nazis, that's controversial, but Sound of Music otherwise is very fluff fluff. Peter Pan, again, very fluffy. Um, Yeah, yikes. Um, The set was amazing for that, but it was an awful production. I agree. Yeah. Um, And then Jesus Christ Superstar. That was amazing. That That was was amazing. Um, And then now Rent, I just think. And and I'm glad you're ignoring Grease and especially Rocky Horror, which I went went into a blind rage when I was watching it. I hated it so much. I wanted it to be so good because we talked about how much we love Rocky Horror. You can't do, like, it, like, don't try and redo it. The no. movie is perfect. I know. Oh, it made me so, I was so furious that it was not good. <laughs> it was all, like, I, I was like, I can't sit through this. Yeah. Because this movie is so iconic. And like. I know. And I don't know anything about the stage show. Because it was a Broadway show when I was a kid. And I remember it, hearing yeah. of it. But I don't know how that was, if that was any good or not. But it's just like, either. it was just awesome. As the movie. I know. And speaking of Grease, Vanessa Hudgens was in the Grease She was, as was the guy who played Mark in the newest Rent. In Rent, he was in the Grease lab, too. Uh, I think he was fine. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Sound of Music, it started out very traditional. I feel like Sound of Music yeah. was like, this is like a callback to like the 50s. Yeah. Like the old school live TV musical on Sunday night mm-hmm. with the set. Like it was very, I mean, and that was good except for the fact that Karen Wood can't act her way out of a bag and it was like dreadful to watch her try and act <laughs> I um, love that um, I love that like idiom or whatever that is I love that can't actually have her bag or whatever <laughs> yeah. I love it it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm in a bag and I'm trying to act my way out <laughs> <laughs> this is such a stupid visual uh, you know who can act their way out of a bag though is Tell me. is Mess Mickelson and Larence Fishburne Boom. I almost said Larry and then I said Lawrence so it's just with Larence <laughs> So, season two, we're in it. Episode one, Kaisiki. Although, that's how I... He says it differently, though. So, I earlier was like, okay, listening to it, and it was like... And and from what I heard on YouTube or whatever was Kaisiki. Now, then, what Mad says was like... Kaisiki. Or like, he said it was some more... Yeah. Like a diphthong. Right. But... 
it was nice that he's like, oh no, this episode, I'm going to name the title of the episode, <laughs> which is the traditional Japanese dinner, um, many, 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 many courses, um, and it's all about skill and technique and artistry and like nice. the beauty of the food, which Sounds is like what Hannibal. he was doing yeah. when he was serving it to Jack. Yeah. Um, so before we get to that, we have to get to the op- cold open. The cold, this- I'm going to say, I don't want to overstate, best cold open of a show. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Easily. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about hitting season two with a bang, right? Imagine yourself, like, yep. back when it was first out. Season one comes out, you're like, what is this show? This is awesome. It ends great, kind of wraps it up, you're excited. Yep. And then, fucking bam, it opens with, like, this amazing, I, I literally have almost a page of my notes or is, is just that fight sequence because I'm obsessed with every part of it. We could talk for so long about just this first scene. We could, <laughs> and I'm easy. and I'm 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 I mean, on board for it. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it was um, amazing. It was great. Yeah, we start out with this slow mo. It's uh, it starts out with him preparing a dinner. He has a knife. He's You're like, okay, meat. great, very traditional, like Hannibal making food. I get mm-hmm. it. And then. Larence Fishburne walks in. <laughs> We're going to always call him Larence from now on. Larence walks in, and everything's still in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. The tension is rising. They're staring at each other. He looks at the knife. Larence looks down at the knife. Mm-hmm. And then... Larence goes for his gun. Yeah. And then... Oh, my God. Straight into his hand, which he could have easily just thrown it into his heart. But yeah. I was like, he's ready to just have a fight, I think. Yeah. Like, Hannibal's like, I'm not going to kill you yet. I'm going to make this mm-hmm. last. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And he threw that knife right at his shooting hand, mm-hmm. dropped the gun, and then immediately Hannibal kicks the gun underneath the counter, like underneath the stove or whatever. Yeah. He's like taking this out of the picture. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, again, he could have tried to pick that gun up and pop him in the head, but no. Exactly. No, that's not his style. He said, we're going to fight this out. And this fight was amazing. Um, beautifully choreographed. I yeah. wonder how much if Lawrence did his own stunts. I wonder if he did. I, from what, I from what we did. know now, that that mess has done pretty much all of his stunts. Yeah. Um, he was a dancer. He's incredibly in great shape. So I wonder how if Lawrence was like, all right, I'm yeah. in it too. Well, I was trying to look as they were fighting yeah, me too. to see if there was like a double. Uh-huh. Uh, but And it looked like it was mostly Lawrence most of the yeah. time. Um, it's hard to tell, but yeah. It but, like it was. but it looked right exactly. Um, I loved so it was just such an interesting like progression of this fight because it it started out of course like Lawrence was going to get his gun like that's out of the picture right and then there was a knife and then sort of that's out of the picture and it sort of progressed from different tools they were starting to use. Mm-hmm. At one point, Lawrence got the knife. I l- and he and I, I said he's sort of like coming at him with it, and he looks like a jet from West Side yes. Story. <laughs> well, I love the move in movies to like hold the knife as if you're in like a stab motion, like facing down, and to fight with it kind of yeah. instead of like fighting like a sword, I guess, where it's, where it's facing yeah. up, you're holding it facing down, like and then you're like, down. yeah, like I love that move. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> I know. I, was I like, that's such a jet versus sharks moment. Amazing. I wrote down every single weapon that was used because oh, I was like, because I was like, okay, so we got a gun, we got a knife, we have fists, we have a pepper grinder, we yeah. have an apron, uh-huh. we have a pan, we have a fridge door, fridge door we right. have a tie, mm-hmm. and we have glass. Yes, and then just fists. We have fists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love the fridge door. Bam. I do. And too. then I love this was. <laughs> I was like, oh no, Malia's gonna kill me. This is akin to a fight in the Bourne movies where they have like a TV guide and he's like whoosh, 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 smacking him with a fucking magazine because Larry has the knife. This is when he has it like Jets versus Sharks. Yeah. And Hannibal's like, fuck it, I got my apron. And it's like apron <laughs> fighting him and like uses the apron to like snag his hand and disarm right, him. Right. I, 
I loved it, especially whenever he got the tie. Yes. And he puts it around Mess's neck and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, leans over so that he's like up on his back. I was like, Jack is just going to murder. Now Jack's like, you yes. are a dead man. At this yeah. point, I thought, I thought like, okay, they like clearly Hannibal could have murdered him at any point in time. Yeah. It's like, I think they're just trying to fight to get them to like back down. Jack's like, you oh, no. are dead now. You're dead now. <laughs> and I can't. You know, this is me forgetting some of the major plot points, like you know, like mm. who who knew what when in the storyline of the movie sure. uh, of the movie, sorry, of the show. <laughs> because like I'm trying to think, I'm like, okay, so, so this is 12 weeks earlier. We cut back, but this is so. So at this point, I can't remember how much Jack knows about Hannibal. Does he suspect him? Is he thinks like that this guy is? Does, does he know everything? I can't remember. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if Jack pulls the gun out because it becomes like fight to the death so quickly. Yeah, was Jack pulling the gun out to to say you're under arrest or to be like I'm gonna kill you? Right, right. That's what it's like I a could... whack job. Right, right, right. That's what I thought because I was like, yeah, Jack, are you not going to like let the law and like justice, law and order, sort of all of this play out? Or are you just trying to to commit a murder tonight? I don't. I can't yeah, tell. It was. It was a. I love the WWE move by Jack. Like one point, like he gets he gets Hannibal's like thing and like suplexes him, like body slams him. Um, It was awesome. It was brutal, and so right. So Hannibal like passes out, or I guess pretends to pass out, and grabs that shard of glass. Right in the jugular. Right in the throat. And then Jack is like, holy shit. Then Jack manages to back up into the wine cellar, close the door, and I just love Hannibal. Just like shoulder throws. Yes. He's he's got like a knife in his hand, the glass, and he just like, all business. (laughs) Panting, no tie, like blood, and just goes like, boom, into the wall. Backs up some more. Then boom, into the fucking door. I gotta say that that, those like shoulder jumps are what I... It's like the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Hannibal. Yes. That's like the most iconic and like salient image to me. Well, it's like, I love the way he's jumping. Like, I don't know, like, whenever I've seen yeah. some, some people, sometimes you see people like trying to shoulder down a door, they go lower, they more yeah. go like laterally. Yeah. He's jumping almost like you would see like sports players jumping up. You know how just, like someone hits a really big basket yeah. and they kind of do like the whole jump where they're like jumping with their backs to each other kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. That's how he's jumping. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the, the lower one you described earlier would be like a, a regular football hit I guess like yes. get, getting low and with your shoulder and he's yeah he's jumping up as I mean of course he's a dancer so that's that oh, he's so feels, graceful I'm sure it's super graceful it's very natural form for him but um it's it looks fantastic that's the most iconic thing oh, to me and then just like just the editing of this show and this show especially has amazing editing and amazing scoring yeah um, the score in this one holy is shit bananas it so he does bam then the second bang immediately cuts to then a same exact angle this time he's cutting fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just gorgeously shot. He has the lemon with the hot water. He's taking the uni, the sea urchin out and washing it. And it's just gorgeous. Beautiful. Looks so good. And then Jack is like creaming his jeans after eating this. He's like, oh, he's like, I can't place the fish. As if like you could place the fish. As if, right. As if we would expect him to be able to place the fish. No, Jack is always Hannibal's biggest fan when it comes to fish. Yes. Every time he comes to dinner, he's always like, mm, but, oh, bro, they're sniffing the wine like it's the best. Oh, yeah. He so takes a sip of wine. It's like, mm. You can hear him. It's like, mm. What's very interesting is, so this is a meal for two. Yes. Later, we have another meal with Chilto. They're sitting on opposite sides of the table, Chilto and 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 Hannibal. Yeah. This one, Jack's at the at the head of oh, the table, yeah. and they're they're candy corner. Yep. And I wonder about that. Is that is that? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because Hannibal obviously has sits at the table. It isn't like I have, first thought was 
is this a power move by Jack taking up the head? I don't think that's a Jack move, even though he's a very much like take control thing. I think it's a, it's an ingratiating move by Hannibal yeah. to say, I've made this place for you. Yep. I agree because to every other, I'm sort of thinking back to other dinner scenes, Hannibal does sit at that head spot. Yes. Um, so I definitely think this was a power move because, again, he's trying to keep him close. Yes, he's, he's flirtation with the FBI, as Billy says later. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He's trying to keep him close. He's trying to, I mean, the same thing that he does with the lab folks. He's trying to stay close so that he understands what they know and what they don't know. Um, but I definitely think this was a moment where he was like, yeah, you go ahead and sit in the power chair. You sit in daddy's chair tonight. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I'll sit over here to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, yeah. That was very interesting. And then he's like, fuck you, children. You're sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. We're not friends. You can stare me right in the face. I'm friend. cooking vegetables for you, asshole. Like <laughs> <laughs> you learn to love beets, you know. Oh my god, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they have all this this conversations about like they're you know blaming themselves for Will and he's their bloodhound and yeah. um, you know th- this is the one knock on this episode. It is a yeah. bit repetitive. There's a uh-huh. Different people, different scenes, but it's very much like he's blaming you, Hannibal. He thinks it's you, Hannibal. Oh, I can't believe Will's gone mad. I can't seem to believe it. Is he guilty or is it my fault? You know, like that. I guess this is like this is the episode where everyone processes it. But in a way, I was like, okay, so now it's going to be Alana and Jack talking about this, and now it's exactly. Hannibal and Jack talking about this, and yeah. now it's Alana and, and Will talking about it, and yeah. now it is uh, Cats and Cats Will and, and Cats and Hannibal. Hannibal. And it's just like blah, blah, blah. the same kind of thing being talked about. Yeah. Um, throughout the episode. Um, I agree. I felt myself sort of tuning out in those moments, yes. especially the like Alana and Jack and who else was there? Or was it was it Hannibal? The conversation they had in Jack's office. No, it was the two of them. And then there was Cynthia Nixon. Who was oh, there. that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> this whole brother. We'll get there in a moment. We're about to come up. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Yeah, I tuned out a little bit. Then I tuned out when when it's Jack and Alana at Will's house with Winston. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like, what else are you guys going to talk about? Like, I, yeah. I, I get it. Isn't it so weird? Oh, we none of us saw it coming before. I can't before. believe it. You know, I what's can't. his defense? He's not interested in his defense. He's blaming Hannibal. Right. I can't hear this anymore. Yeah. But I think it did It did at least wrap it up. You know, like, cutting to the end, when when Jack then goes with its will, which I feel like this is all building to, Yeah. Will is like, don't you fucking see? I have a memory now. I remember this, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, I can't be hearing any of this. And I feel like that's the moment where it's like, okay, now we've at least moved past this, like, is it true? Oh, can it be true moment? So now it's like everyone's firmly believing Will's guilty. I agree. Um, and the memory was good because finally now Will has something tangible besides suspicion. Right, right. Um, I will say I love this this um, uh, trope's the wrong word. Just this this um, choice of storytelling. It's a very ambitious, very risky mm. storytelling choice to have a major event and then populate the past up to this event. Um, I feel like sometimes you can kind of fuck oh. that up where you tell too much about the... You reveal too much. The fight you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, the fight. Sorry, to go back to the fight because now we cut 12 weeks earlier at dinner, but I'm just thinking about right. that. Like, it does it so well because they, it gives you zero context except for the yeah. fact that in some way, shape, or form, Jack is confronting Hannibal and they have at it physically. Yeah. We don't know what Jack knows. We, we don't know all, yeah. all the things at the time. So it leaves you with more questions, yeah. but you're excited to know that, oh shit, something's going to change. Yeah. And yet... I feel like Doctor Who did this badly, where, like, they have this whole scene, the Doctor dies, this is back in the Matt Smith era, all this insane yeah. shit, and then, like, a season and a half of, like, <sighs> Rory, you know what happens, right? We saw him die, and they keep referencing what they saw happen, and oh. it's all this shit, and, 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 and it's yeah. just, like, 
okay, we get it. We're going to lead up to this, and we know how it's going to, like, it's telegraphing the future. Whereas this, there's a big event, but we're excited to figure out how we're going to yeah. get to there. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I enjoy whenever movies and TV shows do this, um, especially when you can tell, especially in an episode like this, where there is a lot of that people sitting around just wringing their hands and talking. Yes. If they had just started the episode with the dinner between him and Jack, how fucking dull oh, would that have been? It would have been horrible because you would have been like, oh shit, like what's the trajectory of this season? Yeah, you're like, who where knows? is this going? Like, who? what do I care? But whenever shows do this, right, you you see, okay, something, something has fallen apart or something comes together or whatever, something big, mm-hmm. and then we back up and you're able to sort of, right, anticipate that, you have something to look forward to, even especially in these episodes whenever things sort of slog mm-hmm. on and you're like, oh, brother. Um, but I feel like it also helps the watcher, the viewer, <laughs> the watcher, <laughs> the watcher on the wall, the viewer, um, um, sort of pay attention to, to the smaller things. It like, does. when do things start falling apart between yes. Jack and Will? Or exactly. when do things between Jack and Hannibal or whatever it is? Um, so I enjoy this. You're right. It's risky. I've seen it not work out well. And I think um, when you reveal too much is when it works. That doesn't work out well. Yes, right. Or if you're not getting to the... Or if you don't get to the point fast enough. I feel like mm-hmm. in, if I can recall this season well enough... Um, it's sort of the trajectory seems pretty even Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we don't stay slogging for very long and then like boom something occurs Um, we also I feel like they don't want to go too fast because then you're like oh so what's next you know it's episode 4 and we've gotten to the fight Uh, right you know right let's see what else happens yeah Yeah, exactly no good point yeah so I'm excited for this Um, and yeah we had this is I guess is the first real um, example of the mind palace this episode is Will's fishing multiple times? He's fishing. Um, uh, how? How the, the mind palace? I guess not the mind palace sense of like memories, but it's his ability to separate himself from his current position in the prison, oh. in the dunking tank, and be somewhere somewhere else, else purposefully, purposefully mentally. Okay, you're. That's what I meant. I don't think I picked up that he was doing that purposely, but I think you're right. Oh, I think it's purposeful. I yeah. think it's, he's sitting in this cell. He knows he's not guilty. Right. He has to put himself somewhere where he feels calm, where yeah. he feels safe. And for him, that's on the river, fishing. Yep. Um, and so I feel like that that's what he does. Like, when Jack comes later, he goes, where are you going? He goes, gone fishing. Like, it's just <laughs> his thing of, like, I have yeah. to put myself here mentally, otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but you're right. And it's funny because all of season one, he was going places not purposefully. Yeah. He was, he was escaping in his mind. Not really of choice. I yeah, totally. Um, um, yeah, good. Good, good point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Chilton's back. Chilton! Chilton! And he looks great. He looks great. He looks tan. Raul Esparza look, looks a bit looks tan. Everyone looks tan in this episode. Everyone looks tan. Will looked really tan. Hannibal looked tan. Everyone looks tan except for Bedelia, who looks CGI'd. She Uh-oh. she looks so flawless her skin that I was like she looks like those like in like Rogue One like the like young Carrie Fisher CS CGI yeah, face yeah. she looks like that almost because she was just so beautiful perfect her hair is always has like the perfect and her curl skin to it. which is go- like totally flawless I was like you look almost like you've been I don't hate it oh I made something do you want to see maybe you, I should put it on Twitter please do if you made something point. yeah 
While you're looking, I want to talk about the dunking tank. Oh my god, what is this Delia's? Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> I re- talked about making the like picture of Delia and putting the Delia logo on it. I love it. This is season one, which is wearing that wrapped shirt. Yes. She's got the wine. Yeah, so you can tell how long her prop it was wine. That she sits down in the sink after half drinking it. Like we said, it's an actor's choice. It's like, I got something with your hands. It's a choice. The director's like, "Uh, Jillian, just do something with your hands. It's not reading. So you got to do something. And she's like, okay, great. I'll I'll pour a glass of wine. I'll hold this wine and then have one sip and put it down. (laughs) But those cages that they use for interrogations are crazy. He's right. It does look like a dunking tank. Or like like Harry Potter-esque. Remember that, that, that like flashback in the fourth movie when they're watching like the post Voldemort trials and yep. like the bad wizards are like are in this crazy yep. cage thing yep. it I looks like that, that. <laughs> very medieval i was like it's, how yeah does not does chilton's hospital not have sort of like regulators who come by or like inspectors who should be like just making sure the patients yeah. are okay and finds will in this like cage yeah. And there's like 90 of them in this room. It's crazy. Like, are they, is right. there a point when they're all populated? Is this like the, like, like the visiting room instead of like a, you know, like a phone behind the wall, like a, a glass? Yeah, there's right. like this? Like, what? This is like a gibbet. It's right. like a it's gibbet this. where they hang them up. Like the whole, like, they used to hang up pirates in this cage there and like, yeah, yeah. Leave them right, ride. right. Is this American Horror Story? Like the, yes. in the fucking coven season, they had a bunch of those, asylum season too. Uh, it, wild I know that is like this cannot be standard practice I'm sure that um, his governing board would not like to find out that I guess not yeah I feel like Chilton has total impunity probably complete yeah. autonomy he's just like this is my place and he does whatever the fuck yeah. he wants you're my patient now Will oh, <laughs> again Ugh. he likes to collect he's gotta catch them all he's, he's gotta like, catch them all yeah we need another meme with the Pokemon except this time yes. it's Will Graham's face and he's got like Eddie Izzard on his belt. Done. I'm doing it. Check <laughs> <laughs> our Twitter. After Except this. that's a case when his Pokemon it then ended up taking his kidney away because Eddie Izzard. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, so, yeah, so we have this, and then we got Cynthia Nixon. I forgot that she had this cameo. I Cynthia was like, for New York. I was like, <laughs> Cynthia Nixon? Hashtag Cuomo's MTA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, because I remember when I was watching this with Perry, I texted you, and I was like, holy shit. This was like months ago. I forgot Cynthia Nixon was in Hannibal. It's really crazy because, I mean, I don't remember if she comes back much at all, but she's like the inspector general of whatever. She's right. like the, you know. Federal examiner. It's, a, it's such an interesting part to cast someone so recognizable in that part because, <laughs> like, now all of us are like, oh, there's Cynthia Nixon. That's Cynthia Nixon, yeah. Instead of like, oh, there's some character actor who's doing this part. Like, right. it's not a very juicy part. It's like you're like a bureaucrat. Oh. Right. And it's like, why you cast Cynthia Nixon in this? Of all people, I, I love Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. But it's just so odd at, for, from like a show director point point of view because it's like, oh, hi, Cynthia Nixon. Right. So there's <laughs> not much. Yeah, you're right. It's not just her. There's not much of her to like disappear into. Whereas Gillian Anderson, I think, also a very recognizable 100%. actor. But at least Delia is a really complicated character that I think she can sort of disappear yes. into. And Lawrence Fishburne, of course. But like, Fishburne, yeah, but like when you're a star of the show, you can go, okay, I get it. I buy it. Lawrence Fishburne right. and you get the character. But right. when it's like a cameo, basically, right. yeah, yeah. it's a very odd thing to have this Strange. cameo of someone so recognizable. Uh I I agree with you. I did look at I and it was funny because I watched that episode like around the same time that she was still running, and I was like, "This is weird." Like seeing mm-hmm. her on TV and the news, and then like seeing her in Hannibal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and she says, "I'm a federal examiner. I'm the person who comes after battles and bayonets the wounded." And Jack is wounded. Yeah. Well, this is like 
he's like keeping it together, but he's just like, this is it, you know? And Alana, like, again, I know everyone, I'm like become the like Alana the apologist on this world apparently, yeah. but like, she's, she, this is, you can clearly see her, her ethical backbone. She's like, mm-hmm. shit went wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cover it up or hush hush because that would make things smoother. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shit needs to be on record yeah. because this is not right. We, we have a yeah. guy who, you know, lost his mind and seemingly killed people. Like, you know, yeah. this happened and this yeah. needs to be documented because she's like, ethics are more important than, you yeah. know. And she wrote a scene. <laughs> some some report that Jack, I guess, apparently didn't want her to write. And now Cynthia is here trying to get her to retract it. And she's like, no, I think things need to be documented. Yeah. And like really props for her to sit in this room with yeah. two very powerful people. Mm-hmm. And I get half her own sense of self being like, no, mm-hmm. I know what's right. And I'm going to stand by what's, what I think is right right now. I can respect that. Yeah. I can respect that. No, good point. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so then it cuts to like what then propels the next few episodes. We have we're in Rockville, Maryland, um, with these with the beavers, probably dead beavers, probably dead beavers. Yeah, these like city water workers, like all right, what is it? Probably dead beavers, and he just starts to stab and stab, stab yes, into the water. It's just bodies, like and like they're, like there's so many reveals of like crusty, just gross bodies and like skin peeling off, similar to like the skin peeling off like the mushroom people, similar to Georgia Matchett, and then this like that stuck to his finger, like the skin was the guy's jaw. Every new, like, gross thing that that Will or Hannibal, whoever happens upon, I always think this is the grossest thing. Like, the Mushroom People, I was like, I can't do this. And then Jojo Mansion, I was like, blah, blah, blah. This one, again, I was like, because I, whenever the bodies appear, I was like, oh, now I remember this is the color palette. Yes. I completely forgot about this. Oh, this is hard to watch. Oh, yeah. whole sequence. It's so disgusting. Yeah, dead bodies just afloatin'. And then and then I think it cuts to like Delia's office. Yeah, yeah, her, her house. It has like a big yeah. series shot of her house. Her house is crazy. Uh, every time I see it I go, Whoa, where is that? Oh my god, that's Delia's house. It's crazy. Some Frank um, Lloyd Wright shit. Yeah, and this is like, you know, a therapy session where he's like, I miss Will. There's a lot of mm-hmm. Hannibal smiling in this episode. He's really smiles a lot in this episode. Yeah, yeah I know like the um oh that's not what I was thinking about. Yeah, he, there's another time he meets with Dilly that he smiles. But yeah. no, you're right. He's happy. Well, he was. We saw him smile at the end of season one because he was happy to see Will behind bars. Uh-huh. So I think this is things are working out for him right and then, now. And then later when he's with the children, he's like, "Well, then I guess you're dying with a psychopathic murderer." <laughs> Cheers, huh? He's like legitimately laughing because he's like, "You have no idea." Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's just like, he he's so into Will, and I love this threat because she's like, "You're floating with the FBI. Like, what's going on?" You're like you're, well, I guess no. No, that's later. It's a later scene with Bedelia, yeah. but yeah. yeah, still. This he's, one where she's like, "You're obsessed with Bill Graham," and he goes, "I'm intrigued," and she goes, "Obsessively." obsessively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And he's like, "He's my friend," and she's like, "Why? Why right. is he your friend? Like, what for? What purpose?" And he's like, "He's can't. He's himself." I guess that's the yeah, yeah, saying. pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then, and then immediately, Will shoots him down. He's like, "We're." Light years away from being friends. We're not friends. And you can see Hannibal's almost like, oh, shucks. Oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. It's like, right. He, why in the world would they be friends? Yeah, but he seems disappointed. Um, yeah, and then he hits him with this whole, like, there will be a reckoning. Like, Oh, yeah. And then, like, Hannibal smiles on that. He's like, okay, great. Bring okay, it on. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> see you there. Cheers. Yeah. It's so interesting because you'd think 
this is this is when like and then Virginia does it later like what is your point of this flirtation with the FBI you're getting so close it's interesting because if his point of view was purely self-interest self self-preservation he wouldn't be making some of these moves he would mm-hmm. be laying low he would do his business and then mm-hmm. like lay low or just do the minimum he had to do mm-hmm. and yet he's kind of poking things yeah like why are you visiting will why like just he's m- m- making some moves that I'm like these are the moves of like even setting Will up for all of this, like so many moves he's doing that yeah. are like this is beyond self self preservation and covering your own ass. Oh yeah, well this is. I was listening to a podcast recently about this serial killer, of course, and um, <laughs> like this is very like guilty man um, behavior where you 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 know check in with the police. Hey, how's mm. the investigation going? Hey, what's up? Or you go see the victims' families. Oh, so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Oh, isn't that crazy? Blah blah blah. Yeah, you, you're the one who calls it in to begin with. Yeah, yeah, you call it in. You hit the hot tip. Right. Otherwise, it's like, oh gosh, that's so terrible. Anyway, back to my regular life. If you had nothing to do with it, yeah. but if you were clearly involved, yeah, it's it's the meddling. It's the little things, the stopping by, the checking in, the blah blah blah. That doesn't yeah. look great. And you would think that being FBI and people who know behaviors of psychopaths and everything would catch on to this. But. Exactly. Like it's the rush of knowing that people know you did it or the rush of mm-hmm. being in a room and have everyone else talking about you Yo, yeah. and being like, they don't fucking know. Well, he I'm loves here. that. that and we've <laughs> seen that before whenever he walked in on Will teaching a class and he was talking about the copycat killer oh, or yeah, he was oh, talking oh, about yeah. the, and he just, he, he was like, oh man, he was teaching this whole class about me. Oh shit, this is great. This, like, this loved is fucking it. fucking awesome. Like, you have, as it was later, he's like, you have no idea what I'm capable of. No one knows and it feels fucking great to Mm -hmm. be the one who knows everything. Mm -hmm. Because later she's like, I have to lie for you again. I think this is what, like, she killed the person who attacked her basically and so she thinks he's capable of killing someone but she obviously has no idea what he is really capable of. Questionably. Um, So she's like, they don't know you're capable of Hannibal and he's like, (laughs) Neither do you, bitch. Right, like, yeah. He's like, you have no idea what I'm capable of right. doing. Right, <laughs> Yeah, I um, I have a lot to say about that scene. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait until we get there. Yeah. Um, okay, do you, should we do um, something? Should we do one of our... Um... Yeah, sure. Yeah, because we're about to get into some more stuff. We might as well do some segments yeah. now. Um, we have a double feature today on ETC. Let's, oh, let's do our theme sorry. music okay. and then we'll dive into it. Eat the crude. Eat the crude. Eat the crude, eat the crude, eat the crude. Okie dokie. So as it's coming up on Valentine's Day, with an M, Valentine's <laughs> Day, um, there are some disgusting crude Valentine's Day. The rest of this is for you, by the way. Oh, um, there are some disgusting and gross Valentine's Day candies. Now, one thing we haven't been able to find yet, um, listeners, if you see it, tell us where we can get it, especially yeah. in the Nashville area. Um, <laughs> if we can find it, we'll do it for the next episode. But I saw an ad for red velvet flavored Kit Kat bars, mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, Melina, this is it. Well, we and like, what's wild about red red velvet is just red colored chocolate. Yes, with with cream cheese icing. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be like cream cheese flavored, and on the outside, you probably. and I have experience with cream cheese flavored candy. Oh, God, <laughs> do we? God, <laughs> I was thinking about that today. Nothing worse. Okay. So we have two things. Um, one is a not limited edition gummy bear. We need to have a picture of us eating with this because this this is something. Okay. It's, a, it's one of those. It's one of those giant gummy bears. Yeah, it's, so it's, it is a one pound limited edition blue raspberry gummy bear uh, made in the USA. It is one pound. It has a little two from with a hearty face on the front of the box. As soft and chewy gummy candy made for made giant for sharing. This bear is equal to 280 standard size gummy bears. Um, and one thing that's great about this company that makes this one gummy bear is that it's a certified women-owned 
business. Beautiful. So what up? Great. This is great. Stay woke. I want you to hold it next to your face or something so oh, I can get take a it scale. Out. We took it out of some plastic. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> okay. And it matches my nails. It does. How cute. Okay, great. Look at the. Okay. Yeah, blue, you said it was blue raspberry flavored, blue, right? And it smells very blue raspberry. Um, let me just say there are 11 servings in here, um, yeah. each 120 calories. So that's not bad. This is like really insane. It's just like. Here, take a picture before you put your hands all over it. We do have to camera. eat this. And before I eat it. Gorgeous. I love it. Okay, how, should we just like take each take a bite of ear? I think we should take a bite of the ear. I think ear makes perfect sense. No, okay. um, you do the nose, I'll do the ear. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right, Mr. Bear. It smells mm, very blue raspberry. It's very. Melina is biting off the nose. She's trying to get a good honk. She's ripping and pulling <laughs> as if she's like a wolf or something. So, so she just pulled off the nose. Then mm. it's fully gone. You know what? That's bad. It's not, it's bad. Um, it's not bad. It's not, it smells stronger than it really tastes. Mm. No, I love gummy bears. I love them. But I love the texture of them. I love gummy candies. Me too. This is not bad. No. I was expecting the texture to be totally off. It's mm -hmm. a bit jello, a bit on the jello, mm -hmm. which I imagine for something this thick, you have you to. You probably have to be. Um, that was really not bad. I'm going to try to eat far away from the mic. Cause yeah, me too. The, I... I was in the car with my wife when she was listening to the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the chicken wings episode. That, 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 that's just like all wet mouth sounds. <laughs> yeah, and you said she was like, Jesus, Jack. Mm -hmm. mm. No, I, it's, it, I didn't hate it. Like The only thing that makes it eat the crude worthy is that it is a giant one pound gummy bear. Yeah, it's just like crazy. Yeah. It's an insane thing. Um, um, but No, really? like I would eat more yeah. bites of that than I would. I would. I would. So this next one I'm looking forward to. All right. The next one we have here is um, some Hershey Hearts. Mm -hmm. um, and it's described as extra creamy milk chocolate mm. filled with strawberry clem. Mm. Mm. It's right, got so the I'm accent mark over the trying first Trying to get eight. this away from the mic. So it's yeah, sorry. super, super The loud. bag is already open. So Blythe, my wife, tried these already just to make sure this that it was eat the crew worthy. And yeah. she said these are truly disgusting. Okay. The little Hershey-shaped hearts, and they have strawberry chem inside I'll of try them. To back there we go. From these, I'm gonna bite mine in half. Mmm. Oh, ew. Oh, it's not liquidy at all. Like mm -hmm. the inside is like the same consistency as the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes for an odd experience because you don't. There's no real texture change. I don't like it. I don't no, like it. No, it's different I don't like than this. like you know whenever you bite mm. into like. A Ghirardelli with like caramel in the middle, and the yeah. caramel is a different texture than chocolate. Or the Ghirardelli raspberry one, yeah, which is really solid. Those are good. This is, oh, it's really it's, artificial. Again, such a right, like the same comments we had about the cherry cheesecake Hershey mm -hmm. bar that we had. This is again another very chemical tasting, like artificial sort of strawberry. Really, like strawberry extract or whatever the hell they put in it. Um, it's not as nauseating as the other one. I think because it's chocolate, which really saves it. Like, this is like when you get like, the chocolate box, like Russell Stover, whatever mm -hmm. the hell, and there's like the, like the weird raspberry cream one. This is like those. Where you're like, okay. And you try it and you're like, ugh. You're like, yeah, not my thing. No, not my thing. It's not super offensive, but I also like am kind of grimacing right now. Like, I'm not going to have any more of those. I'm not going to have any more. No. But yeah, you're right. It's not like the. The, the cheesecake one the was cheesecake truly one, disgusting. I could, I could barely <laughs> choke down. <laughs> 
Um, but this one, it's like, yeah, you had one, and you're like, all right, I get it. No thanks. Yeah. And, like, and yeah, yeah strawberry and chocolate go together beautifully, so it's hard to fuck up. It it just, it, it's really artificial tasting. I mean, granted, it's like Hershey's mass-produced, so, like, what do you expect? What do you expect, honest to God? Um, but uh, I don't know. I was expecting It's almost cherry. Time. It's weird. It's not even, like, strawberry. Like, it's almost cherry cordial-like, which I hate. Has that syrupiness to it. It sort of helps to look at the picture of the strawberry when you're eating it. I sort of looked down and I was like, <laughs> Visual all right. suggestion. Ooh, yeah, I got to get the mind working all at the same time. Um, okay. Oh my God, amazing. No, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm glad that Blythe tried this first and she was like, it's gross. You guys should do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. The texture is the weirdest part. There's no real, when you, no. I put, stuck the whole thing in my mouth and there was no like, oh, now I'm eating the chocolate. Now I'm breaking through the chocolate into the filling. Nope, none of that. Ugh. There's so much this time of year there's so much candy out and yeah. this is not something that I would suggest you pick. Mm. Pick something better. No, just like get like regular fucking chocolates. It's like yeah. get yeah. Whatever. What uh, yeah, but just this and that's why I love these like the seasonal times whenever like Halloween or whatever yeah. there's always these like wacky things to try. Um but I'd say skip this one. Yes, please do. Um, please skip it. Um, <laughs> what's your take on those, whatever the like stars, like be mine, not stars, hearts, you know, be oh, mine, love hearts. you. Yes, those fucking things. Well, I know like in the news recently, they've been like, they're the, not making them anymore. The people were like performatively being upset about it. But like, people don't actually like those, do they? I did not think people actually liked those. No, I used them in school for like arts and crafts. You know, you'd like glue them to yeah, pieces of yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because no one actually ate them. Yeah, I ate them if they're around. Someone's like, I have them in a bowl. And I'm like, all right, I'll pop a few of these in. They're just like chalky Chalk. sugar. Right. But I'm not like, oh, you know what I oh, need. Those are I need my faves. To... It's like, like, I love people like, oh, this little long time thing is going away. Oh, how sad. It's like, yeah, but it's gross. Like, no one actually, like, is, like, seeking them out. They're just beloved, quote-unquote, because they're always there. Exactly. No, I agree. Um, and, like, keep them around, but just, like, change some of the messages, I guess, if that's what people are upset about. Really? Some is that the, they're upset about? People, it's like, be yeah. mine, or, no, like, yeah, love they, you. People are upset. Well, some of them are, like, in all capital letters, like, say yes, you know? Whoa, so it's a little... Really? Yeah, they can be a little, like... In this, <laughs> in this day and age, whenever we're all very sort of cognizant of the way we speak to each other we're around consent... We're just being so sensitive, he's snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly, right? So it's like, all right, if that's the problem, <gasps> that then just, like, change the words, whatever. I realized something mm. incredibly drastic. Let's we have hear to do it. right now. Oh, Before no. we, after we do our theme music, we ate the crew... Ate the crude, ate the crude, ate the crude, ate the crude. We haven't offered anybody up to be murked. Oh, that's what we forgot. Okay. We got so caught up in polar, we forgot that's about who right. we're going to kill. And I have it written and down. I wrote it down. Okay. Have it. Who you got? No, I want to hear yours for it because mine's sort of a cop out, and I have a feeling we have maybe something similar. I don't know. Go ahead. Mine's a bit of a cop out, but it's also very worthy. Okay. Um, so I, th- th- this, okay, <laughs> this is an individual who, for years and years and years, I would say a decade now. No, yes, yeah, yes. For 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 the past decade, has been the primary um, fucker, primary like <laughs> just just. Primary driver of just like fuckery in Washington. Um, he he's the reason that, and thank God for oh, you know, I know thank God for saying. Justice John Roberts, who again with Obergefell and this Louisiana um, anti-abortion mm-hmm. thing sided with you know precedent. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why I'm praising John Roberts, but he seemed like <laughs> he oh, did the huh, half decent thing. The Bush appointees. Uh, it was the golden <laughs> years back then with fucking Kavanaugh and Mer- you know so. 
The, yes. the reason why Merrick fuck Garland is not on the Supreme Court right now is uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who oh. is a absolute, like, universal piece of shit. And here, what's the best thing, and this is why I think it's very Hannibal-esque, is that all these exposés you read about him is that it's like he is the student of the Senate and he mm. he he fancies himself a modern-day Henry Clay who is, you know, who is um, a Kentucky senator, you know, mm. big Jackson rival, very powerful senator, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, fuck no, this guy is a troll. He is a goon. He just, like, wraps things up. Like, he, like, there's been so much reporting about when people were coming out that, like, oh, Russia is, is, is interfering with the elections. There's fuckery going on with the Trump campaign. He was like, if you post this, I will accuse the Democrat. Like, the White House wanted to come out and say, hey, this is happening. The Obama right. White House. Oh, yeah, yeah. People now are like, why didn't Obama do anything about it? Well, he, he tried, tried to do it bipartisanly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And McConnell said, if you come out, I will say it's you guys interfering with the elections. And so they tabled mm-hmm. it. Like, this is this is this fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like the idea of, like, I'm a student of the Senate. I'm a, I'm a, I want to be part of this long tradition. And, like, but, but, but yet being a piece yeah. of shit yeah. is, like, something Hannibal would not abide. Um, I agree. Right. He'd be like, I don't care how hard you've uh, you've studied law and how much you know and how long you've been around. Like, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. Put up or shut up. Like, you change what we do. Like, he does nothing. Right. He's a, like, so, yeah. That's what I was, like, thinking about because this was during a few weeks ago with uh, just, like, mm-hmm. all the shit that's going on right now. With the shutdown especially. was the, oh, what was God, it? Yeah. He was in my forefront because of the shutdown. And he yeah. was just, like, single-handedly be like, no, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. He went, oh, well, if the Democrats would just come to the table with it, it was something I they'd like to, to offer. <sighs> yeah, the shutdown really started to infuriate me. My uncle works for the Coast Guard, and I was... Oh, and wow. So, yeah, it was just, like, a big mess. Um, yeah. One of our really good friends from college's husband works for TSA. And they were, like, doing okay, but, like... Just barely doing Just okay. Just barely, I can imagine, right? And thinking about those contract workers who are never going to get back pay, it's it's just a lot. Um, so fuck Mitch McConnell. Fuck <laughs> you. You're in the Rolodex. Um, okay, this. Okay, so it's not the same person then. The the people I would kill this year because it's a sort of collection Ooh. of people. Um, this year, I love to say. This- <laughs> <laughs> we are a month into 2019. This year. God, doesn't it feel like it's been a year, though? Like, doesn't didn't there's January great, go by so There was slow. a great cartoon that was like, man, January was a really long year. <laughs> I swear. That is how January. I feel. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> this recording, the people that I would put into the Rolodex would be the three Virginia. Oh, yeah. The governor, yeah. lieutenant governor, and attorney general who have all, <sighs> well, two of them confessed to blackface, and I think the one... Fairfax, lieutenant governor, is African-American. As African-American, confessed to, like, sexual uh, sexual harassment. Did he confess to it? I don't think or, he or did. He, he was, was accused. accused. Um, but certainly that blackface shit, um, I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was like, how many... How many of y'all's moms and dads, I don't, I don't you know, if you're of that generation of your friends or of your moms and dads or pa- grandparents, did just, like, casual blackface yeah. and, like, took pictures of this it? This is, like, the South in the early 80s, late 70s, like, in that kind of world. Like, there was still a lot of shit that now, in 2019, we're like, oh, don't right. fucking do that. That it's not like it was totally okay then, but like it's, no. it's just like crazy now. Right. Like there's so many skill. Well, I was listening to this one uh, A on NPR, and they were talking about the, sort of the history of blackface, and in the late seventies, early eighties, it was like this resurgence of white supremacy with David Duke coming mm-hmm. to power, yeah. and so it was 
it was things like that were like obviously it was taboo it was we all knew it wasn't right yes. to do blackface yes. but it was sort of the just a funny quote-unquote funny thing that white people thought they could do uh back then and i'm just so glad that it's um that somebody took fucking pictures and put it in their yearbook because it's just wild to me and not that it's completely gone away because we of course see um you know what frat oh, yeah. parties or something where people dress up questionably celebrities inexplicably dressing yeah. up like something what yeah. the fuck no good reason um so i feel like just the casual and like thoughtless racism hannibal would have like no oh no he would n- think yeah he would have no patience for that he'd be like that's that is not only crude but it's cruel and just like nonsensical no um, great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and it makes me even more sad that, the, that all the, that those three are Democrats. I'm like, God, I know. fucking damn it. I know, because they're like, oh, well, if we kick all these out of office, the next person in line is the head of the Republican, like, Congress or something like that in Virginia. So he yeah, the House of Delegates, whatever the they're House called. Delegates, it has yeah. some weird name in Virginia. Yeah. <sighs> so annoying. <laughs> I know. I was like, again, and just seeing, like, one thing after the other. And then the stupid, sorry, one last thing, the stupid, was he the Attorney General? That was like no, it was the governor who was like, yeah, that was me, sorry. And then the next day, he was like, he was like, oh no, the person that picture is not me, but I did do blackface in the past whenever I performed as Michael Jackson in a talent show, and I put a little shoe polish on my face. And then he goes, I only put a little bit because if anyone has ever put shoe polish on their face, you know that it's hard to get off. I'm like, so you? (laughs) I know. There's so many questions I have. It's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Is he like, you know, for football, like people do the eye black, it's shoe polish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, no. Okay. Ugh. All right. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I wrote that down and still skipped over it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was and then as we were in segments, I was like, holy shit. Um, uh, this is going to be a long one, guys. <laughs> I know. Whatever. I know. We're back and we have to cover stuff. I'm not apologizing. We back. Um, okay, now it's time for costumes. I really didn't prepare for this. Okay. Um, this is this is a Japanese meal. I'm gonna go with the first thing when it came to Japanese meal that came to my head, which was Kill Bill. Okay. Costumes, costumes, costumes. Great. Good. The, the five, six, seven, eight. I was really worried about where you were gonna go with that. <laughs> okay. Right on the heels <laughs> of our conversation about really casual racism, I, like bust out some kabuki. <laughs> I know. I really. <laughs> was about to just uh, I know I had to samurai I had the samurai sword and, and, and kimono I was like no that's a good reference thank you I and, and as we talk about costumes I will be writing in my head our clothing song <laughs> guys I just didn't have it this morning my daughter was especially insane she's she's the best person ever but she was just you know she's 18 months old she's a hot mess yeah so I didn't have time to write anything <laughs> Okie dokie. So there's some good stuff in this episode. You know, there's a lot of Hannibal suits. There's a lot, of, a lot of Hannibal changes. Yes. He's in like several different suits. And he references it too. Like the next yeah. scene we're coming to after we finish the thing is he and Cats, which I love this scene because mm-hmm. it's a precursor to dark stuff that's going to happen later. Yeah. And it's interesting because they're such interesting personalities. And, you know, we're, this show has like different worlds that don't usually collide. Yeah. And it was fun like when Jack visited Bedelia. And it was mm-hmm. fun... And it's fun seeing cats and Hannibal mm-hmm. just interact. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, but but I reference this now because of costumes because she's like, you're going to have to think about adding to your wardrobe. And he's like, I frequently do. 
He's like, bitch, I shop all the time. Don't worry, honey. <laughs> yeah, I did love that moment. Very self-referential as like, he, she's like looking at all of his suits. Yeah, I was hoping for some comedy, though, because like she goes through her suits and goes, sorry, I have to get all your suits. And there's like four suits on the rack. And I would have hoping she would like push one of those like uh, like dry cleaner buttons and like 30,000 suits just like turned around or like it zoomed out and there are like 900 racks. Oh, because he easily has, how many suits do you think he owns? I mean, if we want to tally them all from this season, like, he's got a bunch. He has the checkered one. He has the gray, cream-colored plaid one. He has the blue one. He's got tons of suits. And he has yes. two overcoats, because the overcoat he wore when he was at the yep. crime scene is a different one than the one we love, yep. which is the suede, like, the mm-hmm. the leather collar with one. With the collar. Um, so, yeah, he starts this dinner with Jack. Well, I mean, if we're going to start from the very, very beginning, the, op- the cold open, he's in just a white shirt and some slacks rolled up sleeves because he's preparing dinner and of course we get blood over that i didn't see what jack was wearing in the cold open it, it, it just like his normal what he suit, usually fucking wears. tie dark tie dark 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 and the dinner with jack after we back up 12 weeks mm-hmm. hannibal's in the three-piece light gray light gray suit right yes with a light pink pink shirt gorgeous um uh, you know, I, I was like, I can't tell if I usually light suits. I'm a little skeptical of, but the combination yeah. with the shirt and the suit looked really great. Yeah, his suit coat had two pockets on it. Is that a thing? That's a thing. I have one. I have one. Not a suit coat, but I have a sport coat that has the double pocket. It's just yeah. like a thing. Like one's really and small. I, sorry for people. This we're clearly you this can't is a see visual me. Podcast. <laughs> you can't see me. I don't mean like two pockets like on either side. Yes. There's on one on his right side. Yes. He had two pockets. Um, right bo- uh, above and below each other. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not an unheard of thing. I have one jacket that has that. Okay. That's a look. I don't know what it's called or why it's it's a I thing, but it's a thing that some jackets have where they have like the regular pockets you'd see. Yes. And then like a smaller one on top on the right side. Okay. So it just I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, it, it looks good. I like the pink. The pink reminded me of mm-hmm. you and I were texting last night about Leo DiCaprio. I know you're a huge Leo head. Yes. His pink suit in Gatsby when they're in that hotel room. Ooh. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> yeah. I texted you last night because I was like, how can he make slicked back hair look not horrible? Yeah, in Inception, he looks fantastic. With I, his like slicked back, like yeah. you would think like that haircut is, look, looks terrible on anyone not named Vinny. But right. like, I think it, I think it's the head shape that matters. It's yes, the head. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got a big head. At least it seems like he has a big head. Right, or just like a square head. I yeah. can't really tell. Um, there's very little that looks bad on Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm biased. Um, and then Chilton, I think, looks fantastic in this dark suit. Um, whenever he's interrogating, or whenever he's not in interrogation, when he's talking to Will yeah, in the cage. Yeah, he looks great. He looks great. He's wearing this very dark suit. I think it had a bit of a pattern to it. White shirt and a dark tie. It's just a classic look. I mean, the, oh, the dark yeah. suit, white shirt, dark tie yeah. is is never going to ever look make anyone look bad. He looks sharp. He looks so sharp. And, of course, the tie, his signature tie bar, um, he had in, uh, all the, during the entire episode. Oh, always. He's a tie bar guy, and I respect that. I'm a tie bar guy, oh, yeah. and I love the tie bar. Oh, I, it, it's, it's a choice. I like that I can always count on him having a tie bar. <laughs> it's comforting. Um, I didn't see what Cynthia Nixon was wearing. And she was wearing like a, like very, something very practical. She was wearing like a blue, blue blazer, blue okay. jacket. Okay. She had a blue jacket, and it was like, it, it was fine. Okay. Um, that's fine. Uh, Jack with a red shirt. He, he had the interesting, very, very, very red shirt during that scene with Cynthia Nixon that I kind of clocked. I was mm. like, interesting. Um, okay. I love, I love Will's fishing outfit with the hat 
and the, his hair is especially kind of floofy in I those know, scenes. I know. And his vest. I've never been fly fishing, but, I, but I've heard it's wonderful. I've heard it's very relaxing. Yeah. I love fishing, but that I've never been nice. fly fishing. Um, but I love his whole gear he has. I do, too. Um, yeah, his hair, especially this season, I was like, okay, he's letting it grow out a little bit in prison, I guess. And I guess, just a yeah. Little fluffy. Um, whenever Hannibal and Delia first speak, Hannibal's wearing this amazing yellow paisley tie against a blue shirt, and it is everything. I think we've talked about how yellow and blue look so great together, but he's wearing that yellow paisley yes, tie. Yes, yes. And the blue against the blue shirt. His knot is about the size of the... the the red spot on Jupiter. It's right. about nine Earths wide. Um, but but it's great. The color pattern is great. The knot is um, about, it's like Merrill Hodge, like an ESPN <laughs> level gigantic. Uh, it's I a, feel like he's calmed down with his tie with most of this recently. I feel like I haven't noticed it as much. Or maybe, maybe I've gotten used to it, but that I one was know, especially right? egregious. Um, I feel like he has calmed down a little bit, or maybe it's like the spread of his collars has gotten more subdued or something, because, yeah, it was um, it was out of hand there for a while. Um, I think Delia was just, like, wearing something dark, as usual. Um, I didn't really clock it. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, I also wrote, when, when they go to the river with Hannibal, when, he, when Hannibal gets to be real Graham, Jack Crawford has this, like, matrix, matrix-ass sunglasses. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> I like said Morpheus. I said Jack looks like Morpheus in these glasses, except and I was going to make a side-by-side of him that. in that scene, and then him as Morpheus. We need that, except the difference is, obviously, the Morpheus ones were pince-nez. Yes, and they were um, a little bit more circular, circular, circular. But they were very Matrix-like. They <laughs> were, right. Yes, no, absolutely. And, of course, the Morpheus, right, the Morpheus glasses didn't have the ear parts. Yeah. They just sort of like stuck to his face. Pince-nez is the term. Oh, that's what they're called. Well, I don't know how, I'm sure nez isn't the French word, if you like, but, but it's basically, it's spelled pince-nez, which means <laughs> pinching your nose, because uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt wore those a lot. Oh, nice. And I read biographies Teddy. about um, Big TR. Interestingly, Alana, who has got the red wrap dress earlier on in the Cynthia Nixon scene, has the wrap mm. shirt with the pants later on, mm-hmm. is got... Looks great in the scene when she's playing with the dogs. Oh. Leather jacket, mm-hmm. the non-wrap dress, kind of dark red, just mm-hmm. like a regular dress, like a purple or something, purpley regular yeah. dress with the boots. She looks, she looks great. I guess it's an interesting move to play fetch with four dogs in a in a field wearing like a dress like yeah, that. Yeah, a dress. But and, I mean. I don't know. I'm just I'm just bored of her wrap dress and her knee high boots. I'm but she was wearing her wrap dress in that scene, so I was like, "Look at this! We got something else going on." You got little, little, and her starfish necklace. I didn't notice it this episode. I didn't look for it. I the forgot. Starfish I forgot necklace to look for it. was back in full effect. I'm glad it's still yeah. there. Um, blah, blah, blah. um, Chilton is wearing. I said Chilton. Oh, whenever he's. I said I'm listening like a little creep. Whenever Chilton's listening in on. The conversation between Alana? Who's he listening to? Alana and Will, maybe? Yeah, Alana and Will. Bold pinstripe um, shirt, I believe. Yeah. And a striped tie. Yeah, he's like, he... he Took a step back. We've mentioned this before with his stripes. He he, he rocks the stripes that are a bit dated. Yeah. Stripes and shirts are look good still, but when it's that big stripe, it's very 90s. It's kind of that very, like, like almost like Patrick Bateman-esque... Right. You know, like American, like it just doesn't. No, I was so disappointed because he looked so great earlier in the episode. That was, was like, an, come on, th- this is Chilton. That was an exception. 
<laughs> oh, he's really? on brand most of the time. He, he looks is good in that one scene. Most of the time. Um, I love how he has the walking stick, though, in yes. the meatless meal. He has his, like, fucking walking stick cane with the brown suit and the stripes. Mm-hmm. Stripes mm-hmm. again in that scene. Again, right. The brown suit's a good look. It's something you don't normally see. I like a good brown suit. I have, yeah. Tan is a very common color, especially a light tan for the summertime. Yeah. But a brown suit. I think looks great. It does look great. And it goes great with blue. You can wear a nice yeah. blue shirt with that, and it mm-hmm. would look great. Mm-hmm. Man, I need more brown suits in this. I feel like all we see are like charcoal suits, dark blue suits, yeah. light gray yeah. suits. Which is <laughs> most common, I would imagine, thinking yeah. about what menswear is. You can have, you know, have dark, yeah. dark blue, charcoal gray. That's, you know... That goes with pretty much everything. It's very true. Um, so that's what you're going to get. Um, I didn't clock what Katz was wearing in the scene with Hannibal. She looks fine. Very Katsy. I know. I didn't um, I didn't really check either. Yeah. It was interesting. A lot of had that, like, later with the with the jeans and the boots, it was very, like, I'm out. Oh, Suburban cash. girl. Cash. <laughs> you know what I mean? She had that, like, yeah. look. But she's not a rap shirt. So don't worry. She was wrapping it up. Oh, she was wrapping it she up? She was wrapping it God up. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's all they had. <sighs> did you think okay. of, a, of an exit song for I did, us? I did. Excellent. Hannibal serves sea urchin. Uh, Alana wears a starfish. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> wow. Okay, I was you like, tomato. Let's think of tomato, tomato. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Um... Yeah, so I I love the you're the new Will Graham. This is the cat. Next scene is the cat scene. Taking taking DNA. What a gross shot of like his inside of his mouth, like the swab swabbing inside of his mouth. That's a very Hannibal kind of a shot. That is. Yeah, she says you're the new. Okay, so where am I? We're in the lab. Yeah, you're the new Will Will Graham. Um, and then I guess the next scene is whenever he shows up to the crime scene, like Hannibal shows up to the crime scene and he's walking <clears> through <throat> the crowd in slow motion. And I feel like in the background should have been that song. How you like me now? How you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> and he seemed like so pleased with himself. He, he was, was having such a good time. <laughs> he was like following cats in. He goes under the, he goes under the, yeah. the tape or whatever. And he's like, all right, here oh, I am. Here I he's am. like looking at the bodies and he's like, interesting. Is it resin? Hmm fish human models like this is mm-hmm. he's making them mm-hmm. um yeah he is tapped in and then the next thing is him bedelia he's like i got to be will graham today just like i got to be will graham today smiles and he goes i got to be and i was like it's like he said i got to be principal for a day yeah or like yeah like like i got to meet my favorite person or i got to you know i was a bat boy for the yankees today like oh my god this is amazing he's such a little giddy fool there but all right um, yeah, look, I looked through his eyes and I saw death, is what he says. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you mentioned you were going to have something to say about this scene, this yeah. the second Bedelia scene. Well, I love this because as you as you can sort of tell from the dialogue, this is a, this is a tense scene because Hannibal's saying, um, you know, I'm giving you consent to talk to Jack about mm-hmm. you seeing me, sort of saying, listen, Jack's going to Jack's gonna come by yeah. and um, you're going to, quote unquote, tell him things about, about me. Um, and she goes, okay, well, you're putting me in the situation to have to lie for you. Um, and so in the setup of the scene, they're sitting across from each other as they usually are uh-huh. in just like regular chairs. And the it's sort of framed, um, pulled back, so you see their whole bodies just sort of looking at each other. But whenever he makes his next line, 
the camera is now sort of under him, like level with his chin pointing up, which is a power move, right? It makes yeah. him look like he's standing over you. Yeah. Um, and he says, you're not just lying for me. Yes. So that's that's his saying, listen, it's not about me, but this also involves you. Like mm-hmm. you are, if you want to save yourself here, you're going to also say um, uh-huh. what you need, what needs to be said. He, and the camera, and of course it backs back up and they're talking to each other face to face, blah, blah, blah. And then there's another line where he says, um, she says something like, oh, so-and-so doesn't know what you're capable of. And that's when he says, and neither do you. And that line is also shot from yeah. below. He's like, um, very you menacing. no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it makes it look like he's looking down on Bedelia, which of course, technically he's not. They're sitting face to face, but what he's saying sure does make it feel like he is sort of LBJing his will upon her. Definitely. Right? I mean, I mean, he has so much more power, um, and he's like, I hold, like, you can't. Yeah, he he he's just like, I have so much power over you right now. Right. And this is again, I mentioned it before, especially with him, Bedelia. This is like the. The you won't just be lying for me line. Mm-hmm. Like these are like the moves that like an abusive person would do. You know, the mm-hmm. like, don't make me have to do this, or yeah, or, or the you're like, doing it for yourself too. This yeah, is for exactly. your own good, kind of a thing. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't lie, this will also look bad on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, which is like that's the kind of move. If you're interested in like you have all this web of all this stuff, and you're trying to keep yourself to keep yourself going. You know, connecting someone else's interest to your self-interest is is a shrewd move mm-hmm. because you're saying, "Oh, okay, you you want to bring me down? You're bringing yourself down too, if you are." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the kind of move that a lot of people would do if they if people were in power. You know, would say, Absolutely. "You know, my I'm not in a vacuum. If you take me down, you oh, take yeah. yourself down. Yeah. I've you're orchestrated involved. this to make you also involved." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that I loved that scene because they are. We've talked before how I feel like Hannibal does really respect Bedelia. Yes, I think he trusts her to a degree. Perhaps she knows probably more than a lot of people do about him. But this was a moment where it was like he's you're not above reproach. Like he is willing to do whatever is possible to yeah. threaten you into doing what you need to do. Well, it's also this really drives home the fact that it's like no she's trapped and oh yeah will that will play out in many ways later in the show obviously but yeah. like no she is like him saying you're just lying for for me and you don't know like that's like furthering being like oh no you're in this sorry yeah like you try to retire nope right i was gonna say we see that you the first time nope. the first time we see yeah. her she goes well i tried to retire like and yet you're still here right it's not she is trapped yeah, yeah, she's stuck. And he's, mm-hmm. like, reminding her, by the way, you're stuck with me. Like, you know, <laughs> figure, like, make it work for you because you're going to, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next is the scene with Alana with the gifts of the crazy-ass metronome scene. But I, I, she is trying to save his ass. She is like, Will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I get from her perspective how, from her perspective, how infuriating must this be? She's like, here's an argument. It, you were unconscious. You didn't know what you were doing. And he's like... I'm innocent, blah, blah, She's like, Jesus oh. Christ, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to give you an out. I'm trying yeah. to give you an out. I'm trying to, like, you know, get you out of here yeah. in some way. Yeah. And you are not fucking helping me, buddy. No. You keep firing your lawyers. You're right. not playing ball. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, no, no. But do you know how I can get some memories back, though? <laughs> She's like, oh, goddamn. I, I guess, guess, sure. <laughs> I don't understand why she became a crazy black lady spirit. <laughs> 
You thought she was. Oh, you mean black as in her skin was black. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, no, no. No, but she was like a sort of like black, like same color as the Wendigo. Like I've been this. so like wary of like the racial role. <laughs> like you were like, oh, I'm going to sing a Japanese song. I'm like, Ooh. oh my God. That, <laughs> Crazy You should know lady. me well enough. I know, I know. Um, but then but, I would do that off air. <laughs> yeah. No, I said she looks like the creature from Arrival. Did you ever see that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. With I've her seen, hair sort of yeah. like floating around. It's very... Yeah, she's like a, like a banshee, that's the first thing I yeah. thought. Like, just this weird kind of spirit. It barely looked like her, I thought. And then she kisses him and like envelops him. It, it was such a weird moment. Well, his mind is weird. I mean, what do you expect at this point? <laughs> but yeah, have you... Light therapy, is that a thing that like... I mean, that was obviously very much a nod to his, like, to his, to his uh, pendulum, pendulum he does um, when sure. he goes into the, like, this is my design mode. I've um, seen other, like, light that sort of, they do that same sort of motion back and forth that's supposed to help hypnotize you or, like, yeah, like I mean, a meditative. Yeah, I know, like, hypnosis is a very prevalent tool in sure. a lot of different therapies, and I think the metronome of the light kind of thing to follow, I guess, is a way of inducing hypnosis. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if you ever encounter that in I have I have not. I, I have in your not. studies. No. My my <laughs> studies in that regard are, are on like basic human psychology and like counseling. I'm not a psychiatrist. Oh, so not this heebie jeebie uh, No. But it got me thinking like it's so interesting. Like with psychiatry, like when do you learn that kind of stuff? Are there classes in different methods like oh, this? I'm sure there is. Do you try and just go to do experiential learning and go, I want to learn from this person who does this kind oh, of yeah. method? Well I was looking for a therapist recently and there's you know, of course all these websites where you can look for therapists and sort of filter by their skills or whatever and yeah. Just the the number of different things that people are like skilled into, sort of different methodologies of doing therapy from yes. from right from hypnosis to the just like cognitive holistic, behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, but even the sort of like I don't know the the not typical sort of like Western medicine yeah. way of like doing psychiatry, but mindfulness based stuff. Yeah, mindfulness based stuff, or yeah, exactly. Um, sort of nature based, like getting out in nature. Like there's a lot of that. Anyway, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, which I guess Will is almost doing to himself when he's going fishing in his head. He's oh, like, yeah. I have to get back to my safe place. So I love the insanity with the ear. And then, like, you know, the meatless meal he's, is set. No, not the meatless meal. That, that's next scene. But the table is set when he's, when he's hypnotized, seeing all of Hannibal's insane stuff. And then, like, he sees the ear. And he's like, oh, fuck. Right, because yeah. when he's sitting across from the stag man. Wendigo from the Wendigo. Um, but Stagman is also how it's credited in the credits of the show. Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa. I, Stagman. <laughs> That's why <laughs> I sort of like alternate from calling it that, but, but right, all that food and the music in that scene is, we were talking about the score earlier, it sounded like a saw like cutting oh, through bone. Yeah. It was so, I mean, it's beautiful, obviously, but it's one of those moments similar to the ear sound that oh, like holy shit. tube sound. I don't know holy how to explain shit. it, but that it sort of went along with that. And it's bonkers. Oh, yeah. When he's remembering being like intubated with the ear, right. the score was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So disorienting. Yep. So perfect, that scene. Like, ugh, it made you so viscerally uncomfortable. It's like reverse AMSR. AM. A S M R. Yeah, yeah, there. Um, I had to Google what he was serving to Chilton because I was like, I don't know any of these words. Oh, did you? Okay, what did you find? It out? was celeriac. He said something and ash baked, like ugh, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> celeriac. And celeriac is like okay. a basic, like it's like a turban, a turnip turban. Jesus, turban. It's a turnip. <laughs> it's like a turban. I'm sorry. 
No, no, Ugh. you're fine. No, you're fine. no. It's I'm just the, funny thinking of him serving him a turban. That would be amazing. <laughs> the head still attached. <laughs> It's like a turnip. Uh, Solariac okay. is like a turnip. And he mentioned beets. Like, beets. you know, I would imagine okay. if you can't eat much meat because your kid, when your kid's missing, you're going to have like a, a lot of root vegetables yeah. and tubers you're going to be eating yeah. a lot of. Makes sense. And then he goes like sole with like foraged sole, whatever. And it's like I looked it up. It's like salt, basically. It's like this like kind of salt he found. He like, was so unnecessarily fancy. There was some amazing language in this scene, though. He's like, <laughs> if I feel like I'm fumbling around his head. Which is a reference to when Wilson fumbling. He yeah. goes, like a freshman with a panty girdle? Yeah, a panty girdle. What is this, 1947? I know! <laughs> like a poodle skirt and a like, bustle. And See, like, I didn't quite hear him. I heard the word panty. I was like, panty something. I was like, what is he talking about? Fumbling. Panty like a, girdle. Like a freshman. A freshman with, fumbling with a panty girdle. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> That's a memory of his. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is a clear. It's really stuck with him. Well, this is hoary old chestnuts. I can't believe she fell for some hoary for these hoary old chestnuts. <laughs> I love that term, old chestnut. Yes, a term to like describe me. It's like, ugh, that old chestnut. That old chestnut. You should start. You should bring that back. My speaking of something that you so there was I'm God how much we name names in this podcast um, so there was a show that we were both theater kids we mentioned this before in our at our alma mater yeah. And there was a show my senior year, yes, your your freshman year, uh-huh. that was directed by one of the students, a student who was in my year, who, yep. who was a hot mess express. And one of our dear friends, Sean, who, who made, our, who made our, theme made, our theme song, um, was in it. And it was like a show from the 70s. It was really dated. Like, it was a mess. And when, nice. when I told my mom, who's a theater writer, that one of the shows this year was going to be that, she goes, that old chestnut? Why? <laughs> like, What? And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a And I told Sean that, and he was show. like, yup. Uh-huh. It was just like, okay, it was like a fine show, but it had no re Like, anyway, whatever. It was one no. of those, like, dated... It was set in the 70s. I think it was set yeah, in the 70s set or in the 70s, or and it was, like, of that era, and, like, uh, whatever. I know. It was very college-y, you know, like, I'm making something about, like, yeah, freedom, and, you know... I will say that Sean played a man who was blind, and I think did a great he job. He did a great job. He, 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 was, he was not given best, the great material, and he did his best. He did, he did a great job. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that, that old chestnut made me think <laughs> of, just, of Butterflies Are Free. chestnut. Butterflies Are Free was that fucking show. Yep, yep. Um, Which we lovingly referred to as Butts Are Free. Butts Are Free. And everyone had, like, mono was sick during rehearsals, and I was the assistant um, master electrician. I remember during warm-ups, they would go, I want to die as part of their warm-up, because they were like, <laughs> kill me. <laughs> That's terrible, but that, is, that sounds That's very, very theater nice. kiddy. Yeah, it's, it's very, very theater, theater kid extra. Okay, so now we're like, okay, Met- DC Metro, like, this guy has, like, a terrible experience that I'm sure every woman listening could be like, yep, experience oh, that. Oh, just any, any transportation that I take, any Uber I get into, it's, like, st- enough. Uh, but, yeah, he gets onto the DC Metro. He's just holding on for dear It's crowded. This young man's holding on for dear life. And you sort of hear off screen, oh, no, someone touches his hand. Touches his hand. Like that. And then, like, puts his hand on his head. And then he's, like, ew. He takes and then it moves away. And his head up. And then off screen you hear, you have nice skin. 
And he like looks and like, okay, just just ignore it. Right, like exactly. this, this is a creep. Got it. It's right. like a subway creep. Just just ignore it. <laughs> Which I never. I've been on the DC metro. It doesn't feel like I a haven't. seedy like ugh, yucky. No, but like it's like any big city. Like I never had the DC metro either. But I'm from New York. I've been on the subway eight thousand times. And yeah. in New York, there's just like fucking people. There's just like care. Like there's crazy yeah, people. There's true. creeps. You there's can never like. There's just incentives. And you're like, I mean, I'm, I've been on countless trains where a guy across from me is just like, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna tell you that. And just like, and you're just like, yeah. all right, all right, okay. Is... And you're just like, don't look at him. Yeah. And it's just a guy doing, you know. Doing so what you're, do you do? so like, you kind of have to learn how to cope. Of just like, you know, that's different from a guy being like, you have nice skin, like actually being like inappropriate to somebody. Sure. But you can't be like, hey, fuck off, because you know who this guy is. So you're just like, okay, you know what they're capable of. Yeah. And you're just like, look away and like get yeah. off of the next stop. <laughs> So, yeah, you have nice skin, and then uh, I think right after that it comes back to the lab where they're, like, doing their, right? I think so. I had a bunch of notes of, like, 8,000 scenes in a row. Okay. I think it yes. cuts back to the lab where they're doing their, um, where they're just explaining things to you, right? So they have all these bodies that they pulled out of the river, and they're like, and they oh, what's hair. on here? Oh, it's it's a resin shell. Oh, they were, they you know, China white. They were just, you know, injected with heroin and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they were strung up, or there's some sort of yeah. eyelets on them. Okay. So it's like, th- this is the audience just being told what Yes, what a lot of exposition. Uh, actually, no. He was drugged and locked into the car before all of this, because we see the the spoon he's like being sprayed and uh, we see the spoon doing like Pulp Fiction-esque you know with the spoon right. and the needle injecting into him and I'm thinking like is this heroin is powder being melted and then it cuts to them saying uh, tons of heroin inside of them you're right to kind of answer right. your question you're right so we do see sort of what happened to the young man that we see on the subway he right okay and then we cut to the lab exactly yeah very Silence of the Lambs-esque his car is going off and he goes to the la- exactly. he goes to the parking lot and I gets got I thought about that too <laughs> um Oh, and then cats, so they're like, oh, who knows? Oh, you're getting strung up, blah, 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 blah. And you see this, like, thing done on cats where she's like, I'm just going to go to Will because he would just tell me what's going on. I'm going to take a bunch random, of pictures. Like, what connects the dots, basically? Uh, what connect, we, don't, we can't tell. It seems to be random. So she goes to Will in the prison, lays out all these pictures, and she's like, I'm going to, I need to compartmentalize this. I just need your help right now. Yeah. Look at this and tell me what you see. And Which kind of hurt him a little bit. He's like. Yeah. Because he, he, she walks he in. He thought it was a pleasant visit. Yeah. He goes, oh, he's sort of small. So he goes, oh, it's good to see you. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you have a file? Oh. Yeah. It's a business visit. Okay. Yeah. Like he was kind of, he was so let down by knowledge that like she's here only to like use him. Yeah. To like. have him help her work related wise not to like see how he's doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and of course he sort of rearranges okay this one goes here blah 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 blah. it's a color palette he arranges them from light light skin to darker skin so I have a question about these pictures I wrote are these DMV photos or are they headshots because they are lit gorgeously HQ like what are we talking about like DMV photos are like the grainiest like grainiest like you're just staring there like these are like gorgeously lit they're like headshots. Yes. <laughs> I guess the Virginia, Maryland area has a really yeah. high quality uh, yeah. DMV camera. Like what? I know. Uh, I thought the same thing. The orderly who serves Will his food. Next scene. This is the thing. He, he gets his Salisbury steak <laughs> and with his, with his green beans mm. and his mashed potatoes. Yummy. And his like mug full of something, like apple juice it looked like. Um, iced tea. Yeah. That orderly is going to become someone important, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It looked familiar, and I was like, that's a guy, right? I know. Uh, that's why I was like watching this. I was like, oh, shit. So, just so, so much. much happens. Yes. Because, um, yeah, he, he plays a pretty key part. Like, yes, I thought so. Um, but, yeah, so this is when he, like, remembers the fucking intubated yeah. thing with the ear. 
Oh, Ugh. so gross. Just the score and the choking, like, they have so much of that, like, gagging noise they play up with the, like, score. Yeah, yeah. It's really unsettling, which is what it's supposed to be. It was very effective. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess Alana's light therapy must have worked to some degree if that came, that whole thing came back. Yeah. I, I forgot that he remembered that so soon mm-hmm. in the season. Um, I thought it sort of came back to him in pieces, but yeah. it was like, oh, there's the whole thing. Um, That's his now memory, because Jack goes and visits. Uh, when Jack goes a season later, he's like, I have memory now. And Jack's like, that's me. I, yeah, what like, can I do with that? What the fuck am I going to do with that? Right. Um, there's a moment where we see Hannibal sitting in his office, and the lights yeah. the lights are kind of dim, and, the, and a fire is roaring. And you sort of see him sitting in the chair, and then it zooms out, and there's like no one else in the chair across from him, and he's just sort of sitting there. I was like, oh, he's lonely. I have to believe that Hannibal blocked off Will's normal time, and like still isn't seeing anybody. Oh, probably. Like he's got like Tuesday at seven open now, but he's like, no, sorry, I have I have an appointment that time. Listen, like, he can't book anybody then because he's like, that's Will's time. Will has <laughs> escaped and shown up at his office on so many occasions. Why wouldn't this? Why wouldn't he escape? <laughs> he's holding out for a hero. He's holding out. <laughs> Oh, so sad. Speaking of band names, I feel like this is something we haven't done in a while. Um, yes. Orgy of Evidence. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll write it down. Still orgy of Evidence. Uh, okay, I have a question about Will's house. Mm-hmm. During this scene when he chalked up the ear a few episodes ago in season one, mm-hmm. he goes back to the kitchen, there's a like weird wallpaper, there's the bread out, whatever. So then Jack goes... To go just to just be at Will's house, I guess to like clear his mind before he visits Will. He just shows yeah. up at Will's house. Um, Winston's there. Hey, Winston, I guess you blame me too. You know, he's like really struggling. Which was a nice little scene right there to see Jack like by himself, not having to put on a front. Yeah. Be like, because remember, while all this is happening, his wife has cancer, Again. so he's just got oh so gosh. much shit There's going on going him right on. now. And then he goes into the house, and is Will's bed in the front room? Like, his, the front mm. of his house is set up as if it was, like, a studio apartment. Like, he walks in the front mm. door, there's the living room, obviously, and, like, there's the bed frame. Right there. I see what you're it saying. It was on. It's like, there's no, like, you'd think with a house that big, it's not a small house, no. there would be, like, a bedroom. I, I, I had a same similar thought. I think maybe it is in the other room, but maybe you can see clear through to it. I don't and know. And it's, like, down the hall. Because then Alana comes in, opens the door, and he's just sitting right there with Winston on the bed. Okay, there. Oh, interesting. I was thinking, I bet Will oh. moved his bed to there for some Will neurotic reason. Yeah, he's out got, there with the dogs. There's probably something. like two, it's probably like a two bedroom house. And yet, mm. I bet there's like a master suite upstairs. And Will's like, no. I, for some reason, like, he doesn't like it, doesn't vibrate, didn't feel it with the bed, with the dogs, like something. And he moved his bed down to that living room, to like the main room area. Are you looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's... I a- was just like, it's a, such a small detail, but it's one of those little things that I'm like, interesting. No, I you think know, it What is. does that tell us about his house? Like, what does that tell us about Will? Because, you know, it's not a small house, so it has to have bedrooms. No, I think you're right. I think it is, I think it is out there in the living room area. Are you just I'm- scanning through frame by frame on Amazon right now? Or- I'm just, I'm flipping through like Google Images. Uh, so so yeah no I, I think I think it is out in the living room uh, with the chairs from what I can piece together from looking at these pictures um, hmm yeah I wonder I don't know yeah it's just it's just interesting and I, and I don't I can't remember the next time we go to Will's house but 
listeners, uh, send us a note if you know something about know something yeah, about the setup of about his, the setup of Will's house yeah. and like if there's something we missed from the earlier episodes about you know why his bed is like right by his front door. All right, um, let's round this out. I kind of want to now watch the scene when Hannibal goes and feeds the dogs and does the little fishing line to see oh, what, right. to see to see there's some clues there. Uh, I, I probably won't though. Um, <laughs> yeah, the very last scene is this silo, mm-hmm. and this poor schmuck wakes up from his heroin. And yep. is sewn together. Right. He's got his little hand on his face. Ugh. And he's, like, sewn together. His legs are sewn together. And, of course, he's, like, screaming in agony and realizing that all the other bodies around him are dead. And you sort of zoom out and you're like, whoa, this is... There are dozens. Dozens. Of people in here. In this silo, it's right. crazy. Um, what must that smell like is my first thought. Oh, good point. Yeah, because exactly. Whenever they find them in the river, they're like, oh, something stinks over here. And yeah. that was like two bodies. I'm sure and, it smells god awful. They're all encased in that silicone. So, like, I don't know if that changes the. Like, it's just so gross. And when he starts to try to pull his legs apart, I was like, It's like human centipede esque, like yeah. sewn together. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, all right, what's your takeaway summation of this episode? Kaisiki. Kaisiki. I, I think it was. It was pretty good. Um, you know, f- for a first episode at the start of a new season, of course, it has to be a little bit of explanation because, yes. you know, if you're watching this in real time, it's probably been months since the other season ended. It's got to be you're catching people up or just checking on where everyone is, where Chilton is, where blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a little bit of action, especially in the front. We've got a new mystery with the silo people. Yep, the silo um, people. <laughs> So, you know, you've got a little intrigue there, but a lot of this was sitting around and talking. It was. Um, so for that reason, I've given it a 7.5. Okay. 7.5 uh, syringes of heroin. Oh, nice. Um, so it, was, it wasn't my favorite episode, but man, if, if that cold open didn't save a lot of this for me. It saved so much. It really did make up for a lot of the just like sit around, sitting around and chatting that, uh, that got a little boring. I agree. I mean, that cold open is one of the most iconic scenes in the entire show Absolutely. for me. It's just unbelievable. It's so wonderful. Um, it's so satisfying. It's just an awesome bit of action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I've watched this now twice because I watched it right before we were going to record. And then right. I took all these notes then. And then I watched it last night. Just like I just watched it. It was nice. Yeah. And I actually upgraded it. I originally rated it 7. Now I rated it 8. Um, 8 out of 10 Salisbury steaks. Um, <laughs> and I, I agree. What this show, I mean, this show is one of the best shows in the past few decades. Like best network shows in the past few decades, period. In the past decade at least. Yeah. Um, and... What it does so well is it has great season finale with with, with uh, mm-hmm. Severo, and this is like a textbook second season yep. premiere. Yep. It it teases you with some exciting stuff, mm-hmm. but doesn't give you too much. Builds back, lays some groundwork. Yes, which, which is why I rated it seven originally because the right. first time watching it, taking notes, I was like. All right, uh, we've heard this before. Okay, you know, I was like, we got it. But then when I was watching it without like pausing and writing things down, exactly, just just taking it in, it didn't feel that way as much. Good. Um, yeah. and then some of the different parts felt different to me. It was fun seeing Cats and Hannibal interact. Like yeah. it was fun seeing that actress Hattie Park, who's great. Um, and Mess Mickelson. Like I thought, I yeah. thought that that, that 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 the two of them had like really interesting chemistry. Yep. I like their chemistry together. Um, and I would love more of those. I would have loved more of those scenes earlier. I just really like the two of them. Oh, sure. So yeah, so that was why I upgraded it to eight because I was like, okay, yeah. this episode's a really solid episode. There are definitely some flaws, but yeah, the the fucking uh, 
the fight scene brings it up a million points. That's an unbelievable set piece. I agree. Yeah. <sighs> Beautiful. I, I'm excited to get back into this. Me too. After a couple special eps, we're back into our regular schedule of uh, chatting. And listeners out there, uh, just apologies in the future for how I'm going to do my best when it comes to these Japanese pronunciations. <laughs> I'm going to do my best, but I'm just, it's not, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. And I'll bring it next time better with the songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, people know what you're capable of. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I got that pass, but exactly. I got to bring it season two. I got to bring my, I got to step it up. Exactly. All right. Let's let's say our goodbyes. So this episode is brought to you by the butchers, Jack and Melina. Uh, this is us. Uh, <laughs> it's brought to you by this is us on NBC. Um, it is recorded, mixed, edited, all of that by us. The theme music's by Sean Hills, and the logo design is by Jonathan Larson. You can follow us, and please do on Twitter at F Butchers Pod. Um, we love interacting mm-hmm. on Twitter, so please uh, hit us up. You can find us online at theethicalbutchers.com, uh, and then shoot us an email, um, and we'll shout you out for sure. Yes, uh, Ethical Butchers Podcast at gmail.com. All right, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See y'all.